All right, thank you so much. So I am a mom of four, um, which gets quite overwhelming. But I think at the same time, it, it motivates you to have certain direction in life. So I do have two daughters, two sons. So it's a good balance there. I'm turning 32 this year. And I've been based in Harare all my life. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually an advantage or a disadvantage. Uh, but education-wise, I uh, studied via open distance learning, which I always say to people was a... I think it was a mistake on my part to choose um, that route of learning because at the time when I did um, pick uh, UNISA as a university, I wasn't aware that it requires so much um, so much dis- self-discipline and planning. And obviously when you're leaving high school, you don't have um, those skills. So I, I really did struggle along the way. So I studied uh, Bachelor of Accounting Sciences in Financial Accounting, but it took me a while to finish it. Along the way, I also had my first daughter, um, I got into a marriage, so it was a lot of things going on at the same time. But eventually, I did manage to finish the degree. And further to that, um, last year, I also studied the IPMB Diploma in Human Resource Management. And I'll tell you why there was such a drastic shift. <laughs> but in terms of uh, my work background, I started working straight, off, straight out of high school, so that was 2009. Up until 2020, I was in the corporate space. I worked in a number of industries, um, including education, advertising, immigration, financial services was the last sector that I worked in. So when I then decided to leave um, the corporate space, I started what was predominantly a recruitment but it has transformed um, the, the last um, three years. Um, basically managing people and also the recruitment um, skills. So I then took up um, the IP, IPMZ diploma because I wanted to equip myself well enough to manage people and also to run the business as it was predominantly a recruitment agency. But it's it's evolved over the years so now we're based it's, it's basically a housekeeping solutions business and it's about transforming not just people's homes but people's lives making them more organized and obviously helping them to stay in spaces that are a little bit more more attractive to look at so that's basically about myself um i do do um a little bit of volunteer work via an organization called Junior Chamber International. Um, so in 2019, I managed to serve on the on the board for JCI Hore as a um, a community sort of director. So that that position would then allow me to run community projects and also assist to see what sort of needs are in the community and provide solutions for them. So that was quite exciting for me. Um, over time, I think I have moved more towards personal development personal development that helps me also build my business more so that's a little bit about myself 
Well, that's a lot. <laughs> I was actually trying to catch some stuff as you were going. I've actually noticed you're only turning 32, same age as me and Hilda. So I think I'll put that at 1991, year of birth. But it's pretty interesting because, Hillary, you've already got four children and you're married. Some of us have got zero. But at the same time, um, when I'm looking at your work as well, you have managed to into education how did you switch in between all those roles because you know i'm in a car how are you how did you manage to 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 be transitioning to all those different type of roles all right so uh basically when i started working in 2009 i worked as an administrator and this was in the education sector. Um, it was actually at college. I'm not sure if you know it. Which but college? I was Spaces. Oh yes, yes. The one yes. in college, town. Yes. In town, exactly. So I was working there first as a receptionist, and then I moved to another department as an administrator. So what that then did was it exposed me to to so many little different. Uh, aspects of the work life because you get to speak to a lot of people you get to engage in customer service you get to also engage in the operations just making sure the department is running smoothly so after that i then decided okay i think i've had enough of the education sector i want to move out a little bit more into uh, the, the corporate space so i then moved to an advertising agency as a front office manager and administrator as well. So this role was, it was a little bit more, maybe a little bit more formal than when I was in the education sector. And there as well, the advertising agency used to deal with a lot of um, financial service business. So I also got to understand um, how other businesses run to meet a whole lot of other people. But I was still in the administration space. When I then moved from that industry to immigration, that, that is when I then started working as an accounts clerk. So I gradually transitioned from administration administrative roles to the accounting role. So at the immigration uh, company, I was working as an accounts clerk. And then from there, when I then moved to financial services, I then took up the role of an accounting officer. So it was, it was always, um, it was always linked. So it, it didn't actually feel like it was much of a transition. It always felt like there was a smooth, um, flow of how my career was progressing. So in my last job, um, I, I joined the company as a client services, um, client service liaison officer. So fortunate enough the company was starting out it was a stockbroking company so it was actually starting out and i got to join at the point of inception so that then allowed me to also think through what department i would want to then move to because i i, I was provided that um option to say okay so we know you previously were working as an accounting officer do you want to go back into the accounting space or you want to do something slightly different and I always wanted to do something slightly different. So I then said, okay, I think I want to move to being a research analyst. So my last position was actually as a research analyst. And I think it provided me with a solid footing to then start my own business because 
with that research background you always then knew okay i can't get into something before i've done enough research and you also then know where to actually do that research so that was basically it okay and then um how would you say all of that sort of work experience has impacted your business because i do know like a lot of people right if say they're an accountant let's say in the insurance industry or you know you're saying like you don't like the education sector so they might really want to specialize in that particular area so therefore they move maybe between insurance companies some sort of what would you say um is is a better route i know it's it's each to their own really but if, from your experience what would you reckon um would be better to specialize in one industry or to move between industries or to you know to expand on your roles and yeah how do you think <clears throat> career pro- progression would work better in d- depending on your experience mm-hmm. So I would say looking at my experience um I would say that I I first looked at what I actually enjoyed doing. And I think the truth is within the 10 years of working in corporate I I did learn a lot but I can't say that I I was excited about any of it. It was it was uh good knowledge obviously to 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 get you to another level. But I I then just got to a point in 2020 where I realized that it wasn't something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So my start the starting point was what do I actually enjoy? And when my husband also asked me that question, I just said okay, I enjoy cleaning, but I'm not sure if I can turn that into an actual business. Uh but then when I then started doing the research looking at the companies that are offering the service and how they are offering the service and looking at the gaps that are in the industry I realized that there is a great opportunity for someone to start something similar probably then position yourself differently to be able to grasp um much of the market and I also what helped me quite a lot was doing research um based on the American cleaning industry. Um I don't think a lot of people know this but in America the cleaning industry is actually a billion dollar industry. But when you look at the same industry in Africa it's not one it's not exciting for people. Um and two I I probably also think maybe it's not exciting because people haven't realized that there is opportunity there. But as an entrepreneur I think what we're always looking for at those um opportunities where maybe there's an industry which has been either a little bit dormant or it's just been stagnant for some time so that's where you then dig deeper to see exactly where the money lies because at the end of the day we want to get to where the money is um so then the advice there would be for other maybe people in a sim- the similar profession is to first look at what you actually passionate about and then you see if you can turn it into a viable business because it has to be viable at the end of the day so that would be my advice for for other accountants out there i mean there's there are quite a number of industries that one can choose to get into um, so possibly maybe if one is quite knowledgeable in a certain industry and there seems like there are gaps there they could also then consider um starting a business um like you said maybe in insurance or financial services 
as long as they're able to then position themselves different not already doing what people are already doing in the market yeah and i also <clears throat> i like how you you speaking about your your business and you know wanting to disrupt the cleaning industry i think in zimbabwe maybe predominantly africa most people just have live-in mates and um mm-hmm. yeah or maybe they come and go and even cleaning offices you just have your standard company who does the exact same thing um you know they just come clean using the normal detergents i remember when we were having a conversation you spoke about you know some people like their sheets in a certain way they pillows in a certain way they like room sprays even their cupboards can be color coordinated and all sorts of things i think um you know tell us more about your business and how you're different um to 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 the other sort of cleaning services that we already know that are on the market at the moment okay great so with our business so um as i mentioned before we did start predominantly just as a recruitment agency for domestic workers because we did realize that there was the gap uh when it comes to uh obtaining a maid that is one uh experienced honest and possibly is going to offer the value that you need in your home so we started offering that 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 service where we would um get people to come through register with us um obviously because they would be looking for the jobs and then we train them so even at the point when we started as a recruitment agency we decided to position ourselves not just as someone who is a company that is placing the maids but also a company that is going to train them and is sort of going to hold their hand even after placement and we realized that people appreciated that so much because there's so many agencies out there probably ones that are not even registered who just place a domestic worker and in the next thing maybe you can't even reach them if you have some sort of a challenge or complaint So because we were so engaged throughout the whole process with the customer we managed to to then build lasting relationships so for, for, so from these same relationships what then happened was people started saying okay so it seems like you have access to a lot of labor do you actually offer cleaning services and at, in the beginning i would say no no we don't we basically just provide placement and then i realized no but at I I enjoy cleaning. So since I enjoy cleaning, I might as well start offering the cleaning services in addition to that training. So that's how we then also included the cleaning package. So you would then get other clients coming to us saying, "Okay, so I just want you to come and do a deep clean of my home, but as you do the deep cleaning, I want you to also train my maid on how to um for example make the bed properly or you know open the curtains in a certain way it it gets so specific it's amazing <laughs> or um for example how to set the table before dinner or how to welcome the guests so it's not just about the the technical skills that will be missing but also some of those soft skills that are so important um in different professions you would then be able to tell that okay so these clients are also concerned about having someone in their home who is able to 
provide uh, a, a, a positive environment even for the guests who are coming through. So they then need to be trained, for example, on grooming and etiquette, you know, communication skills, um, boundaries, for example, you know, things like work ethics. So we actually found out along the way that there was such a huge market for uh, trained domestic workers who are really going to offer value. Um, and then with the cleaning services, we also then realized that we we can't stop just at serving the residential clients because there still is a need in the corporate world for um, a cleaning company that is going to, you know, provide that much needed service that maybe the next company is not able to provide. And I think uh, I think in the in the first question you asked me what one of the what my goals are for 2023. One of the goals um, for the company is to to transition to a not just a cleaning services business, but a facility management business where you're not just offering cleaners, but maybe you're also going to be offering ground maintenance or you're going to be offering uh, the waste management services so that you offer the whole package. So this is how we're also hoping to position ourselves differently from those companies that are already in the space. And now, Hillary, you're no longer working in corporate, right? You're 100% full-time involved in your business, correct? 100% full-time involved in the business. So how was that in terms of, you know, your salary? Um, are you managing to, to, to live off your business? Because I know a lot of people who are still working um, and also trying to run their business. How has that been for you? Was it a huge shock or have you ever had thoughts of going back to corporate? Is your business sustain, sustaining you? And do you think it will be sustainable in the future? Mm-hmm. All right. So... I think for me, it's, it's a little bit different and it's not um, something that I would recommend for entrepreneurs. So I, I made the decision to resign in, 20, in end of 2019. So I actually served my um, three months notice, which then turned just to two months notice. Um, but at the time, I think what gave me comfort to resign was because at the time, my husband still had his full-time job. So I, I, I sort of had um, someone backing me in terms of um, the support, but as well as still having that, um, maybe those, those funds that would be needed to still run the household. Because obviously getting into entrepreneurship, you would know that maybe for the next three years, you're probably not going to be making a profit or you're just going to be breaking even. In our case, we're actually not making a profit yet. Um, our, 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 our loss, the loss we ha- has been reducing over the years. When we look at our figures from 2020 up until now, there's been a decrease in terms of the loss. And we're really positive that 2023, we're actually now going to either break even or go, go past the break even point to make a profit. But also not having that much needed runway has been such a struggle because at the end of the day, the business still needs money pumped into it. So what we've been trying to do since inception is to actually try to apply for funding, but it hasn't been easy. We haven't been able to get any funding at all, but I've been quite fortunate enough to 
get family to assist with funding by way of loans or you know just by way of okay i want to i believe in what you're doing and i want to support it so i'm going to give you a bit of cash to inject into your business but it hasn't been the most ideal structure to be honest so i would say for anyone you know looking to get into entrepreneurship don't do it if you don't have um some sort of a runway or if you don't have the right um partnerships or support around you um you know but if someone then is quite sure that they're going to have maybe support from friends or support from family probably they can take the dive um but you also don't want to get to a point where you're actually having to bother other people to sustain you until your business can sustain you so at the moment to answer your question no it's it's actually not sustaining me what's been sustaining me and our household is the fact that uh my husband still has that full time employment and in addition to that he's also an entrepreneur so it gets quite hectic yeah um i can feel you and i feel your pain on the funding side um you know especially in zimbabwe and i don't know about malawi hilda but you know i know of a friend who does layers uh, not layers sorry um the hatchery business and you know he said he applied for a loan with the bank and it didn't fall through but they did a lot of back and forth and in the end it didn't fall through so he was very defeated mm-hmm. and i know that's the pain that we all having um i i speak to a lot of farmers because that's the industry i'm in and we all facing that um dilemma that you want to grow but you can't grow without capital and where are we going to get capital you are fortunate hillary that you've got family that's loaning you but a lot of people literally just have got no way to start so you know mm-hmm. as africans you're saying how can we work together to bridge mm-hmm. that funding gap because i'm telling you as long as we don't have funds we will never be able to compete with the other bigger um you know people that are already in the market and you know it's it's, it's a challenge that as young entrepreneurs like what should we do to get funding because a lot of people will then say be compliant but you really can't afford to be compliant you know even that $200 to to pay to register a company you thinking i could use it somewhere else you know <laughs> so exactly. yeah so now you know it, it, it's the question that we are all just asking ourselves like what are we going to do about funding how are we going to grow our businesses because yeah yeah and businesses in Africa are predominantly cash strapped like there's no way someone is going to want you to to give them an order and give you money up front it really happens you yeah. probably mm-hmm. have to buy everything up front supply and then they might take anywhere from 30 days if you're lucky you can get a, a payment on delivery but you know it also doesn't happen so <laughs> i don't know if you've got any advice there like what can we do i know you saying you're already struggling with finance but we all just say let's try put our heads together like what can we do <laughs> about that you know certainly certainly and i i hear you i think it is a real struggle and i think possibly for some people who would want to get into business that is what is stopping them Mm-hmm. But I would go back to look at um maybe how how other cultures do it. Um I believe so much in the right partnerships. Because maybe for example I might have a great idea that I want to turn into a viable business but I might not have the capital. But maybe I have someone I know who has access to funds somehow. 
and if I'm able to propose my idea in a way that is clear and in a way that shows that okay so this business is going to be sustainable perhaps I might be able to get them to to partner and then to come through with that capital so I think it's 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 sometimes important to look at how we can have those synergies um certainly you know getting into business doesn't necessarily mean you have all the resources I'll just give an example of how we how we have been operating in terms of um when we get clients and they have spaces which require cleaning equipment we actually outsource um that to to a few partners that we have and we still service the client and we still do a good job but that's because we have partnered with someone who does have that resource that we don't have at the moment you know whilst we work to get to that place so i would say one those partnerships are key and then two you know there are quite a lot of funding opportunities but i think they are maybe by way of grants so if you're uh maybe a, a for profit business it might not be an ideal route you might not be able to to show the sort of impact your business is going to make enough to be able to get those grants but then you also do have um i think that there's actually a, a platform called v, vc for for africa if i'm not mistaken they assist um businesses to look for funding so you basically create your profile there um in a way that will obviously be clear to whoever is willing to provide funding i think they they also have crowdfunding options so it it's it's probably a longer route to take but it is a possibility and i i strongly believe that if someone believes in an idea and it seems like okay so this idea is really going to work then you can look for the funding it will take a bit longer for you to get to where you're going to go to but you you will get to that place where either maybe the business is now able to um you know by way of that organic growth but organic growth is painful um uh, by way of that organic growth you do then get to the point where you're able to self fund for the business to grow or probably after some years or so you're able to get to that point where you're able to convince that partner who does have the capital to come through and assist with the business so i think those are some of the few solutions um that we need to to look at as as africans but we also i mean we're 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 really on a continent that has a lot of resources and i sometimes get baffled as to why those resources don't then turn into um these long term sustainable businesses yeah and i think unfortunately we've had a lot of brain drain as well in africa because when we see all these innovations that are happening across the globe you find oh the zimbabweans did this or they did that and i think because there they have got enough support um they've got um because i wouldn't say those first world countries have a lot of resources i think it's mainly i think the support yeah. and maybe resources in terms of finance and capital for them to develop those new innovations and then yeah you then just saying okay <laughs> then what you know um but um yes i think i think also for me i find a lot of entrepreneurs will come to me and they're looking for funding right but they've never really run a business so mm-hmm. i think i'm just always like what have you ever sold that you even tried selling chickens from your backyard or even eggs like now you wanting mm-hmm. to look for funding of $10,000 like who's going to give you that when you've got no record at even selling anything for 500 bucks you know mm-hmm. so i think that's mm-hmm. another route like the resource you have 
and there you know you can start getting people to buy in your thing as long as there's nothing tangible i don't see anyone who's going to really throw away their money that way but that's that's that, so true yeah on that note hillary i think we'll just i'll just ask you a bit of a personal question in terms of you balancing four children and your business and your husband and um, your in-laws and your own family i know Mm -hmm. everyone's like looking for your time and obviously your Mm -hmm. personal space like um in terms of your development your social life how do you do all of that Mm -hmm. so i you know i strongly believe that there isn't um or maybe how how to look at the balance is to say it each day what exactly are you choosing to prioritize because at the end of the day you need to actually make a decision to say okay so i'm going to devote uh, probably 7 hours to work an hour to uh, some self introspection an hour to just make a few calls to the in-laws uh, sisters um other extended family parents etc maybe another hour with the hubby um another hour with the kids so i'm very i've tried to make my life extremely structured and i've tried to also have um my my inner circle understand that my life is quite structured so for example if i decide that i miss my mom i'm going to probably say Hi mom, I'm going to come see you next week Friday. I've already made that appointment, I've already blocked that out on my calendar. So, however I then operate up until Friday, I mean up until Thursday is going to be informed by the fact that okay, so Friday I then have to go and see my mom. So I think it goes back to to planning sort of to the T at the end of the day. Um it it won't be perfect, but I believe that if you plan and if you really just use your calendar well you'll be able to to balance in quotes but it, it's not a balance like okay so i'm giving this 50% i'm 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 giving this 50% it, it's not that sort of balance but it's then about maximizing on the time that you have devoted to each so if it's an hour with the baby i'll try and maximize on that hour if it's going to be an hour with work i'll try to maximize on that hour and also blocking out the distractions um cheers i think that's so important because now we're in an age where there's too much information coming our way so we have to be very specific about what we decide to engage in and what we decide to leave out so i think it's been it's been quite helpful for me but like i said before my my husband is also in addition to sort of having full time employment he's also an entrepreneur so he understands um sometimes when i have to work late into the night or I have to work during the weekend um and because he understands i think the in-laws also understand that okay so you know our son has a working wife who is trying to build her own business so in the in, in the young years when when your business is still trying to find a solid footing you're certainly going to have to devote much time to it um but not to say that you're going to have to then abandon your children you don't abandon them but you just make sure that the time you do spend with them is quality time and that they understand what you're doing when you're not present with them you know teach them about the business from a very young age i think that's something that we've been trying to do with my husband maybe so that at some point they'll then take over when we want to uh perhaps retire 
so I believe that it it should all tie it should all tie in. Um, we shouldn't separate to say, okay, so this is my my at home life, and this is my work life, because at the end of the day, it it sort of feeds into each other. If the children are not happy, I'm not going to be able to concentrate at work. If I have pressure at work, I'm going to come home and be moody, and people are going to wonder why I'm being moody. So I think it all it all ties in. It might not be perfect, but we try to you know devote time to each of those categories by being intentional. I like that, Hilda. Do you have anything to add on? I really like that, and I appreciate your honesty, Hilary, because it's um, it's difficult for people to open up like to explain what they're going through and how they are tackling some of the challenges they're facing in their businesses. Especially after young and you know, there's just so much pressure that we're experiencing as young people. And you are looking after business, you have a whole family to look after. So I do appreciate your honesty. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think, you know, um, and the fact that you've even saying that you're making losses and <clears throat> you haven't been able to find funding, you know, the stories that we hear on the media is that, you know, I'm very profitable, I'm driving this new car. And I think it has really deflated a lot of entrepreneurs because then we're asking ourselves, where am I going wrong? Like, I remember you said you closed the branch down when I was contemplating closing the butcher. And, you know, it made me feel some sort of at ease because I was like, ha, huh, you know, there's some people that are opening and I'm really deciding to close. So what am I doing wrong? But um, yeah, I think we need to hear more of those stories of, you know, it's not, yes, you're going to fail, um, but fail fast and fail forward and be glad that you tried instead of sharing this persona that everything is perfect. I've got this loving, amazing husband. I have got this business that's thriving. And, you know, it just makes us all wonder, like, where am I going wrong? <laughs> that, is, that is so true, Chesa. And I think... You know, when when I I started um, the business, and I also because I would reach out a lot to some of these um, also young young entrepreneurs who seem to have established businesses, but um, you know either they wouldn't have time, which is understandable. But when when you would look at that, you would then think, okay, but um, we are supposed to hold not move each other's hand, but we're supposed to support each other as young entrepreneurs. So maybe if it's like a, a, a 10 minutes out of your day where you can take that call of someone who needs mentorship um, or you can meet up with them for coffee and really explain to them the challenges, but how those challenges can be turned into opportunity. I just thought that it's, it's so key to do that. So I made that deliberate decision to be honest about how I'm growing my business and how everything is going and be intentional about offering assistance to others that are struggling as well to say you know you're not the only one but let's look at what you're struggling with because certainly there is a solution so let's let's help each other brainstorm to get to another level 
Yeah, exactly. I think um, collaboration and support is just necessary because it's a lot. Mm. It's 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 definitely a lot, and people underestimate what it can even do to your mental well-being as well. So, Hil- uh, Hillary, on that, thank you so much for joining us and for taking up your time. I know you had to drive to the office, leaving your little eleven-month-old baby at home. And I don't know, your husband, maybe he wanted breakfast this morning. So thank you so much for taking your time thank out. So um, in conclusion, what would what would your last remarks be like, you know, for the year? Any um, any advice to our listeners and, you know, plans going forward? Um, I know you do really want to grow your business, but yeah, mm-hmm. anything else that you just want to conclude? Uh, yes, certainly. Um, so I, I always like giving advice to fellow entrepreneurs uh, because it's it's so specific. Um, so the advice that I would say is for people to always keep their eyes open. You know, we're, we're, we're actually on the continent that is full of opportunities. Um, all the challenges that we face in Africa can be turned into a viable business that is actually going to stand the test of time um but my other piece of advice would would be to those people who are trying to build their businesses or they're trying to go into businesses you also need to gain the right knowledge enough to then run a sustainable business we shouldn't just look at businesses as something that's just taking care of me for now it must be something that you're going to build into a legacy for a future generation because imagine if every single African is going to think that okay I want to leave a legacy it means you know by in maybe 10 20 years the African continent is going to be the richest continent in the world because we've actually built businesses that are going to be serving people way past our so that's a little bit of advice that I would give then in terms of the 2023 goals um, I'm really looking to develop myself more even in terms of um my understanding of being a director because there's so much that goes into it i think we we, we always like to say oh no I'm, I'm a director i'm the managing director of my company but what really does that mean and if you're going to be you know the director of your company that actually means you're going to with time you're going to get to a level where you can serve on other boards as well so i'm looking to join the the iogz uh, Institute of Directors of Zimbabwe um, so that I can get a bit of mentorship to take me to the level where I'm able to obviously take my business further but also maybe sit on other businesses boards and provide um, guidance as well to help other people grow their businesses so you know that's the main goal for 2023 but I'm excited and I'm looking to make money <laughs> So that is certainly that is certainly the goal there. Oh, lovely! No, thank you, Hillary. And yes, we look forward to continue this conversation as we go to continue grooming and working together as entrepreneurs. Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. So thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for this opportunity, Hilda and Kiva. It was really lovely, uh, amazing. And you're doing uh, quite an incredible job and it's much needed. All right. Th- thanks, Hillary. Thank you. Thank you.